Thank you to those who are interested in, in getting an update on what's happening in Rwanda. And for those of you that were hoping to see Tim Henderson, we just apologize in advance. <laughs> so I'm Ben Motley, and this is my wife, Kim Motley. I'm better known as the wife, or excuse me, the husband of Kim Motley. <laughs> we are really excited today to show you, to update you on the things that are happening in Rwanda. Kim has been to Rwanda five times. I have been three times. And other than her one trip representing compassion, each time we have gone, we really have been ambassadors for Church of the Holy Spirit. This is not our ministry. It is really your ministry and a lot of other folks' ministry to the impoverished in Rwanda. So again, thank you for being here. We've got a lot to cover, so we'll kind of just dive right in. Um, Kim, talk about the poor and oppressed. Oh, it would help if I turned on my mic, so let me do that. Um, can you hear me now? Okay, great. Um, you cannot hear me? Okay, now you can. Yeah, so um, first of all, we are just very excited to share with you what we just uh, saw while we were there two months ago. We are very encouraged by all that God is doing there. Um, and we just want to start with just talking about God's love and heart for the poor. So over and over and over in scripture, we see God, the, our Father God's deep concern and love for the poor. In fact, there are more verses in the Bible that have to do with the poor and children than any other topic in the Bible except for love, which is what our, our helping the poor and needy should come from, is our love for God and our love for, for those in need. So one of the many, many Bible verses that we selected to, to show you is Isaiah 58.10. If you spend yourselves in behalf of the hungry and satisfy the needs of the oppressed, then your light will rise in the darkness. And I think it's really true that when we do these things, people see Jesus in us. Um, that's when our light shines. Another thing that's really interesting, and we don't pretend to be experts on this, is this whole question of how do you really help the poor? There are some things that happen that actually do, are not helpful. They actually can be hurtful. And there's other things that can be effective and provide lasting and sustainable change. Uh, I think that what we are witnessing there is a pattern that's beginning to really represent lasting change. And one of the very interesting things about the poor and the impoverished is if you ask them how would they define poverty, there's this statement that says 90% of those in poverty will define their condition in social and psychological terms, feeling incapable, hopeless, without a voice, powerless to change. You know, the, the, they will say the material needs are no question. A concern, but this this sense of not having hope is very powerful. Those of you who have heard the speakers come from Compassion over the years, who are actually sponsored children, you've probably heard them say just how important, for example, that letter writing is. It's just as important to the the material needs help that they're getting. So if you're if you go in, so the classic thing is if. Americans go into a situation and they just throw money at and they come in and they do everything for some people and then they leave 
and then the, those that were supposed to be ministered to did not actually participate, or they didn't really create the change, it leaves them feeling hopeless. So I'm hoping that you're going to see today that that's, that's not happening here in the ministries that are occurring. Also, in my opinion, Quigg has a lot of wisdom in that if you watch his e-news, if you hear him from the pulpit, if you're talking to him when you're in committees, he will often talk about this idea of providing a hand up versus a handout. The handout philosophy can just continue with the problem, but a hand up can make a big difference. He also, Quigg also talks about the importance of people you can trust and working with people that are accountable. And we believe all of those things, albeit imperfect, are in play in the ministry in Rwanda. So next thing we're going to do, we're, on this idea of hopelessness and so forth, we're going to actually kind of kick it off here with a, the story, a, see a video on the story of Beth. Kim, why don't you set the stage here? Yeah, so three and a half years ago when we were in Rwanda with a team, um, Ben and I went to an area called Shara because Bishop Nathan wanted us to see the, the, the intense need that was there. Um, that the, they were very concerned that the young girls, teenage girls and women were prostituting themselves just to get something to eat. Um, so when we went, we did, that's what we saw. We saw complete hopelessness. Um, the peop, there, was, there was no jobs, no church, no school. And we met, we met several people, but this is one of the people we met. Her name is Beth. And when we met her, she was very downcast, very, um, she didn't spoke unless she, speak unless we asked a question. We noticed her children had chiggers in their feet. And she is one of those that was prostituting herself just to get some food to eat. Yeah, no husband. Yeah, no husband. Um, so um, the people, our partners over there said, gosh, if we could just get $2,000 to buy 10 sewing machines and some materials, then we could teach these women a skill and they could start to be able to provide for themselves. So we did immediately, as a church, send $1,000 and another church down in the Outer Banks, another Anglican church, they sent 1000 immediately to, to try to meet that need. Um, so fast forward to just two months ago when Ben and I were there, to our sheer delight, this woman had completely changed. Um, she was a completely different person. And we, matter of fact, we didn't even recognize her at first. Um, we didn't know this was her. In the video, you're going to see yeah, it first. Yeah, yeah. So this is her story. You're going to see. Uh, before I knew Christ, yeah, I was just uh, in, the, in a place isolated with a lot of people. He came our parent. He came closer to us. He told us about the good news of Christ. We were in a miserable state. You, you helped us also. Kim and your husband. Uh, you took us from somewhere uh, regarding these machines and the skill I have. Uh, you see, I know how to make. Uh, 
can see the transition from hopelessness to hope and how she was able to now make a difference in her own life, even through her own efforts. All right, so we're going to back up just a little bit here and talk about why, you know, why are we in Rwanda and, and where in Rwanda? So, you know, the, obviously Rwanda is in, it's in Africa. It's a country of about 13 million people. It's about two times the size of Connecticut, just as a point of reference, and it's perhaps infamously known as the, as the 1994 genocide. But I, I will say, they have, it's remarkable the amount of recovery that country has from, uh, from that. So Rwanda is right here, a little tiny country in comparison to these very large countries. And then this is a map, oh, hit the wrong button. 
Sorry about that. So this is Rwanda itself. In the area, although Church of the Holy Spirit has been involved over the years in various places throughout Rwanda, the most what you've heard about is this area right over here on the far east. And that is, if we blow that up, it's kind of three primary areas. There's Nkombo Island, and then there's a little peninsula off the island itself called Bugamira. And then your, what you saw the video from today is Shara. That's another peninsula that more recently we have reached out to. So Kim, tell us about some of the history there. Yeah, so in 2007, um, we had our first Compassion Sunday, which ultimately, we got 100 kids sponsored that day, and through the years, we've ultimately sponsored over 1,000 children as a church, so thank you all very much. And those, have been, those children have been uh, from 2007, they were all throughout Rwanda. And then in 2013, um, Bishop Nathan wanted to, um, us to make Quig and our church aware, along with Orchard Hills Church, about Nakambo Island. He said, you would not believe the poverty that is there. And, and if you all can do anything to help, please, please help us. And so in 2013, our two churches um, contributed some money to help start a feeding program to feed the most malnourished children. They got a mug of porridge two times a week. At that time also, that was the beginning when we went and visited in 2014. That was the birth of a vision, what we call the power of combined efforts. You know, any organization that is trying to do something, if it can partner with other organizations in a way that they're working toward the same goal, it can have obviously a multiplied effect. So that's, a, that's an aerial view of Combo Island, and there's really had been quite a number of players that have become involved in this whole process. So for example, the group of international cooperating ministries has been helping build churches in Rwanda, and of course you know Kim just spoke briefly about the, the work of compassion. But we could give lots of examples, but in particular there was a birth of this vision. Compassion said, compassion will come in if there is a church and a school, and they will start their compassion projects. But in, in addition to that, if, if in this particular location there was a school built, the government said, we will come in and we'll provide teachers. We'll, we'll pay for the teacher's salaries. So that's what we've begun to do. We, after this time, we came back and said, Look, the church is already being built there. This is on in combo. We're going we're gonna to work together to raise money for the school, and then compassion is going to come in. And we start to have this layering effect. This was both Church of the Holy Spirit and Orchard Hills that was working on that. And then, so by 2016, there Kim is with the team that went to uh, dedicate uh, the success of that school. And at today, what we have already, we have, this is, the, this is part of the island. There's a pastor's house. There's, a, there's the church. And then there's the new school that had been built at that time. And uh, Kim, talk about the change that occurred. Oh, oh, yeah. So when we went there in 2014, I mean, 
kids would just, you, as soon as the boat would land on the island, kids would just come out from everywhere and swarm around you and grab onto your hands and just, just want to be with you. And, and you were just surrounded by kids. But when we went this past time, um, we, our boat landed and we're like, where are all the children? What, what's happening? And then we realized, oh, they're in school where they're supposed to be. <laughs> so There was no school before. <laughs> that's right. There was no school. So Nakambo Island has changed. Praise the Lord. So back to 2016 a minute. That was, so that was the time we kind of dedicated together with multiple teams, dedicated the Nakambo school. But that was also a call to expand this ministry, to expand this strategy to to Bugamira, and again, there's a Combo Island, and that, that peninsula off the island up there is the area called Bugamira. Kim, talk to us about that a little bit. Yeah, so when I went to Rwanda that in 2016, that was a trip I, I went by myself as far as our church goes. There was a small team from Orchard Hills there as well. But when I went there for the school dedication of Nkombo, Bishop Nathan told me then he'd love um, to show me, have me visit an area called Bugamira. Um, so I, I did. I went um, with Bonnie. Our, some of you know Bonnie, our good friend over there. He and I went in, in, to Bugamira, and we met with Pastor Michael, the pastor of the church there. We had, we'd actually visited there two years previously where they were, they were building a church there. Our church, Church of the Holy Spirit, and ICM were combined their efforts to build a church. So the church was complete now, and um, met with Pastor Michael, such a dear, godly man, and... Um, has such a heart for the people there. Um, he and his wife have adopted five children on top of their three, and they're poor too. So, but he shared with us, um, he shared his heart that he had been praying for two years for compassion to come to his church and for a school to be built. And so before we left, Bonnie and he and I prayed together, and it was just a really sweet time of prayer. And after that, I just really felt the call of the Lord that he wanted to use me to help those two things happen, to help compassion come and to help build a school there. So um, I also hired a young woman on that trip there to just get video so I could come back and share the need, came back, showed you all the video, and um, as a result, we... Um, oh, one more key thing. Before I left Rwanda... I met with the country office uh, director for, for, all, for Compassion all over Rwanda, shared with him about Bugamira, and he said, if, if we could raise money to build six classrooms and two offices for the Compassion st staff, then he would agree to partner with the church there and bring Compassion there. So, that, so I came back, shared that with you all, showed the video, and that first year, we raised $37,000, which was enough to pay for three classrooms and um, the land, also to purchase the land. But then after that, um, that, um, that, that was, after that, we needed to just raise another $84,000. And I say that because compassion would come if we had six classrooms, but the government would not fund teacher salaries unless we had 11 classrooms. That was their rule. So now we had to raise another 84,000. Um, and there, there was just one problem. 
I was out of ideas. My idea was the video. And uh, I am not a fundraiser. So it's like, okay, uh, I need to go talk to Quig about this. So I, I, I met with Quig, talked to him, thinking, is there anything you know, the church can do? And he, although he was very, is very supportive of, of wanting to help that area and build a school there, he said, well, we can't do anything you know, this year because all the missions budget has been, all that money's already accounted for, it's already been um, listed for other things. So it would be at least a year before they could even consider doing more. So I, I, I said, I must have said to him, um, I don't know how God's going to do it, but I know he's going to do it because he told me that later. But I, I left honestly feeling discouraged, feeling like, oh gosh, it felt impossible. <laughs> and um, how many of you know that with God, nothing is impossible, right? Amen. Well, he was about to remind me of that. So I went back home right after meeting with Quick and I prayed. And in one of those rare times, the Holy Spirit just really showed up. I just felt his presence very strongly. And in that still small voice that you can sometimes hear, I heard him say, because I, I said, God, what am I going to do? What do I do? I heard him say, watch and see what I will do. And so I, I just felt a real peace come over me. Well, then exactly one week to the day after that, I get a phone call from Quig. And he says, are you sitting down? I said, well, actually, no, I'm in Kroger shopping, but, but what, what's up? <laughs> and he said, he said, well, uh, remember how you said that you didn't know how God was going to do it, but you knew he was going to do it? Yeah. He said, well, I have Andy Scott with ICM on the line. And I'd called him to talk about, you know, our, co our working together on building churches. And I was about to hang up, and he said, oh, and by the way, we also help with schools if you ever need that. And Quig's like, oh. So he says, hold on. And he called me and he tied us together, a conference call. And by the end of that phone call, ICM, they, the most they can give to any project is $30,000. They gave, they were gonna give $30,000 to help for the Bugamira School and an additional $30,000 to the Nakambo School that by this time was needing more classrooms. So. I was so encouraged. In one week, God provided three more classrooms for Bugamira. So, yeah. And then, yes, praise God. And then after that, the money just started pouring in. Um, so I, I wrote it down because it was so incredible to me. Um, so two weeks later, Quig calls me again. And he says, by the way, we found $12,000 in our budget that was unaccounted for. So the vestry voted to give it to the school. I'm like, whoa. And then after the new year, he calls me again. Shortly after that, he says, by the way, we have another $12,000 that the vestry has approved to give to the school. And I'm like, whoa. And then the masters got involved and did a chili cook-off where we raised almost nearly another $9,000. And then I, get a, I, I reach out to a church in the Outer Banks that, um, had, that was asking me about anything they could do to help with Rwanda. So I said, yes. So I sent, they're an Anglican church too. I sent them the video. They gave us $7,700. Then a, a, a youth pastor in Colorado who is with the Anglican church out there and had lived in Rwanda for a little bit, somehow he saw the video. Um, 
and he, he says he wanted to know what his youth group could do to help raise money. So, and so they, well, actually, they did a fast. His youth group, his middle schoolers did a fast, a 36-hour fast, and they raised $1,800. So at this point, I'm like, God, I know you're doing this. And so I wrote thank you notes to the, for, back to that 37000 that we initially raised. I wrote thank you notes to the people that donated and just let them know that we were close to our goal and we only needed another 13000 And so um, I went to my computer shortly after that, checked my email, an email from some, one of those people I sent a thank you note to said, anonymously, my husband and I would like to give the remaining 13000 And I just, honestly, I just dropped to my knees right there and then at my, at, by my computer, and I'm like, thank you, Lord. I just was, I was just in awe of what God did. But then we did find out that we needed, okay, so now there's all the classrooms. And, but, oh, what about desks and, and for the students and for the teachers and cabinets for each room? So we decided to um, have a 0.5K race to um, raise the money for those. Some of you may remember that. And if you're new to the church, yes, I did say 0.5K. We're so <laughs> and, ambitious. Yes, which we did in our church parking lot, and we had a blast. But that brought in more than enough to pay for the rest. And so um, I was, so then, um, so this was the old Bugamira school right here. You, you can see it in the background. It, it was just this one, one room, that could, and the children were crammed in. There, nothing. It was not a school. Yeah, can you imagine trying to learn under those kind of circumstances? Yeah. So. Um, and then look, this is going to be what's. Uh, oh, well, there's the dedication. Yeah. So when we went for the uh, Bugamira school dedication, I was able to share that story with them so that they would know how deeply God loves them. I said, he saw you then. He saw you, and he sees you now, and he moved on people's hearts to give. A bunch of people in America didn't do this for you. God did this for you. Yeah, that was a very cool moment. And look at the classroom conditions they're in today in comparison. That's taken uh, just a couple months ago. Now, this, what you're seeing there is not, this is a, this is a classroom uh, in the Bugamira School, but that is, that is not the students. Uh, right there, that's a Saturday, and the Compassion also uses the school for, a lot, for what they do on Saturdays. And if you sponsor a child, these are Compassion children, and that's the meal they get when they go to their Compassion Project, which is, was a very well-balanced, complete, big meal. And... Um, and also, they also give the Compassion Kids a mug of porridge in the morning, and then they also get that big meal when right, they go Kim, to I got to move us on. Yeah. It's okay. a great story. Yeah. It's go, so cool. Go, go, go. I know. So. That was only about 10 minutes longer than we planned, but that's all right. <laughs> I get excited. You had their attention. So, when we went in 2019, this was another call to expand the ministry. This is kind of like... Lather, rinse, repeat again. This is when they ask us, uh, you know, last time was, hey, could you take a look at Bugamira? First, it's, can you take a look at it combo? Then, can you take a look at uh, Bugamira? And then, hey, could you take a look at Shara? And that's where Kim's already told you the story of the horrible conditions there with the women. The prostitution was rampant and very, uh, very tough conditions. And again, so this is, this is where that peninsula is. And so what we're going to do is 
were actually, we, we went through the same scenario, raising money for a church, a school, and all of those kinds of things. So instead of explaining all that again, we're now going to well, show ben, you. Well, Ben, I wanted to say something about the feeding first. Imagine remember? that. Yes. <laughs> so we built, now we've built th schools in three places and churches in three places. And um, on our trip back in 2019, we learned that the most of the families in these areas, they only eat once a day. And it's usually around dinner time, 5 o'clock, and it's very little. That meal usually consists of just some cassava flour mixed with water. Occasionally, they'll get a little bit of fish or a little bit of protein. Um, but it dawned on us, well, wait a minute. If that's all they eat, and here we've built these schools, they're going to school hungry. Um, they're not, they, and so talked with the, uh, our partners over there, and they said, oh, that's right. They're hungry all day. So I said, well, this can't be. We've invested in all these schools. We want them to learn. Um, so we start, so the feeding program, we shifted the feeding program to feed all the school children, including preschool age. And that was a very big undertaking and a step of faith because honestly, that was a lot of children. And we weren't sure where we were going to get the money for that. Um, but we just stepped out in faith and did it. Um, and so we started that in, for the fall fall term of school term of 2019 and um, a, a, another cool miracle story the end of that year December somebody calls the church office and says my wife and I want to give to wherever the greatest need in Rwanda is right now and the person who answered the phone said well I do know that they need $23,000 for the feeding program and he said oh hold on and he talks to his wife and he comes back and says that was the exact amount we wanted to give. So another miracle. But anyway, so in this, what you're about to see is a video, um, and you'll see that the feeding program taking place in the schools. Yeah, so this is a video that we've actually prepared from this last trip to actually, we will be showing it soon to the entire congregation. So it's going to cover the feeding program. It's going to cover the current status of all these places and in particular, the recent dedication uh, at Shara, and what the needs are going forward. So here goes. Pay attention to the text. Rwanda Changu Diocese. We are so grateful uh, for the support received from Church of the Holy Spirit. They have supported us to establish Combo Foundation School, Gumira Foundation School, and Shara Foundation Schools. Uh, 
yuko iki kigo kigiranga aho abana bakoraga urugendo rurerure bava mu ngo zabo mu ngo zababyeyi bajya kubikwiga kubindi bigo ari byo byaduhaye abana kuri iki kigo ntago bagikererwa uko biga hafi ikigo zo niminduka za mbere twanzo gushimira wateganyije gushira kintu kiguhaza byukuri ikijyanye na feeding cyangwa sikijyanye no kugaburira abana ku kigo cy'amashuri ni gahunda ziza cyane because we found that the pupils were not able to study well without taking a meal because most of them have a single meal at home so the the cup of porridge they take during the course of the day is their lunch kwatangiranye abana bakeya ariko abana bariyongereye kubera iyi gahunda ya yo kugaburira abana hano ku ishuri ngira ngo ni igikorwa kiza mu byukuri twashimira dioseze ndetse naba bafatanye bikorwa bacu ni motivation kubana mu kwitabira ishuri kandi none none ku mikurire yabo birabafasha kuzamuka but over the time we have decided not to let the parents keep the folding their hands but also to make a contribution and as years go on we increase the contribution of the parents up to now they are above 30% contribution to the total budget and we are hopeful that by the end of like 3 years from now they will have taken up the feeding program 100%. Ibyo dukeneye hano byingenzi cyane dufite ikibazo nyirizina cyo kugira ubutaka buhagije kugira dukomeze turere babana bacu rwabaye benshi biturutse kuri ya gahunda mu byukuri yo kugaburira abana hano ku ishuri. Uh, as the need is big, we are trying to expand some of these schools, like we need more land at Vugumira, we need more land and classrooms at Shara, uh, we need more land at Ihombo. This is where we are today. We're going to hit this real quickly. So at Nakambo, there's again the, the school that's been built that the most pressing needs are they need $5,000 for furniture and they need to purchase additional land for about, about $10,000. At Bougamira, it's a little more interesting there. So there, there's the church that was built and then the school. And then when we first opened the school, the, it, we, we kind of discovered the government said, oh, but by the way, unless you have room for a playground, we, we can't, we're not going to start paying for teachers. So there was another anonymous, generous donor that helped buy this land uh, for the playground. Um, but they need, they need, right now they need more land because if we can get them more land, they will, the government will come in and build the school and provide the teachers. So we, this, one of the most strategic next steps is to help them purchase this land, which is right in between the church and the school and the playground. You can see how strategic that property would be. By the way, it's very hard to tell, but this, this is very steep here. And, and so this is kind of like on top of a ridge. Um, when you said build the school, you just meant build additional classrooms. Yes. Yeah, thank you, Kim. Yes. yes. 
And then for Shara, to what, what we, this last trip, we participated in the dedication for the church and then the classroom, and their next step is to buy additional land so that they can expand there. Now, unfortunately, this is a different district in Rwanda, and they don't have quite the finances to be able to come in and build the school, but you've got to take every step as you can. This building is where we were filming. The, that's the women's co-op there, and we, that was the story of Beth there, and they need only $3,000 for the additional sewing machines that they're looking for. And Kim, cover this. This is the summary of the feeding program needs. Yeah, so, um, so this, is a, this is the chart showing um, what we still need for the feeding program for all three schools. But I want to draw your attention to the bottom line. Notice that as the, year for, as the years go on, they need less and less money because they're going to be involving the parents more and more to take responsibility as they are providing, they are working with the, the people there to be able to um, support themselves. Um, so that's very encouraging. So um, also, as, it, as the number goes down of what they need from us, the number of students actually increases, which shows you again their goal, the diocese goal there to just really help the people become more self-sustaining. And what's really cool is that we already have a $20,000 matching grant available, so that's pretty cool. Now, this is a summary of the land, classroom, and furnishing needs for, for each of Nakambo, Bugamira, and Shara. Uh, and likewise, we also already have a $20,000 match for the land needs. So there's about $45,000 yeah. needed total. Yeah. So that Both is of those just, are from individuals who just want to, yes. who, who just wanted to do that. An anonymous individual donors within the church, which is fantastic. Um, and also one of the other needs, we didn't really hit this, I should have. Um, in Bugamira, they have some of the offices for Compassion and for the staff in the classrooms, and now they need to clear out of there so they can have some additional classrooms. And so they were already on their own through the community's own efforts, providing labor and money to build these offices. But uh, they needed $12,000 more to get it done. Um, it's an urgent need because they need those classrooms this very fall. soon. <laughs> yeah. We came back, presented that issue to Quig, and the vestry approved it. The money's already been sent. So that's just really cool. Um, so anyway, that's kind of a summary. And before, before we could even make any formal requests for the sewing program, Kim had posted that video of Beth on a, her Facebook page. <laughs> and we start getting donations. Um, it's pretty cool. Um, one other kind of closing slide here, a couple of closing slides, is uh, more about this impact of a lot of groups working together, but also the comprehensive approach that the diocese and Compassion are doing. Um, the diocese there, kind of our partner there, they're, these are the thing, kind of things they are doing. They are establishing programs to discourage polygamy and teen pregnancies. It's a very much a cultural and kind of rampant problem there. You already talked about, we've already talked about some of the sewing programs. They're also, this is another cultural issue. They're mentoring men to get away from this cultural passivity. I mean, you will see 
Unfortunately, you'll see men lounging around and older women carrying extremely heavy loads. It's just uh, they, they're, they're, they're trying to break those cultural patterns there. Really cool thing is this agri-faith ministry. So Rwanda, Rwanda is a very fertile country for certain crops, but in Combo is not very fertile. The, the, the soil is not very good, but there's a ministry that's going on in the country where they say it doesn't matter how bad the soil is, we can train the people how to make the soil fertile. And so that's really cool. That's, that's going to be coming in hopefully a year from now. That it hasn't, it's not on the island yet, but it's, that's It's working goal. that way. Yeah. Groups like uh, Hands Producing Hope, they're providing skills training and co-ops. We've been able to listen to testimonies uh, from the literacy programs and micro-business training of how these people just, they went from, I didn't think I could ever do anything, I couldn't read, to now I can read. One gentleman said, what, Kim? Now I'm the mayor of Incombo. Yeah. And I did not used to be able to read. It's mostly women, but there were a few men. In, yeah, in and the joy you can see oh. in their own accomplishment. Oh, the joy that they had. Versus think, yeah. a, a, a descendants and their legacy of just no education and things of that nature. And our Catherine Williams back in the back has lived in Rwanda along with her husband, Jake, and she actually helped a lot with the Hands Producing Hope piece. Yes. And then what was also kind of a pleasant surprise is compassion, and this is specifically compassion in Rwanda. They are altering their approach to reflect the culture. They are from, and we're not going to get into details, but more of a, from more of a singular child focus to really trying to help, help the entire family and the community. By starting savings groups and things like that with, between families that of sponsored children. Creating accountability in the community for sex right. abuse, that's, apparent, that's unfortunately a problem. And sometimes it can remain a hidden problem. So if, if, you're, if you're ministering to a child on Saturday, but you know, don't know during the week they're experiencing really challenging issues, things don't uh, grow as like they could. And then finally, I think we would say another cool thing. So, so this ministry to Nkambo Bugamir and Shara kind of started through the relationship of Quig and Bishop, Bishop Nathan Amudi. And Bishop Nathan now has left this area, and he's now in Kigali, which is the, the capital. And you worry sometimes, will, things, will the baton get passed? And so this is Bishop Francis, the new bishop there, and it was a delight to meet him and see how he has taken up the charge. In fact, they're looking for ways to not only continue the good work, but to improve, right? Some people start things, other people pick them up and make them even better. There are people like, like Jane here. Jane has been, I mean, when we went in 2014, she was working hard with uh, Hands Producing Hope and, as, and with the diocese. Uh, Boaz is the person you saw uh, in the video. Uh, th these folks are in it for the long haul. This is Pastor Michael, yeah, Pastor Michael, the one who has three kids and adopted five, right. even in his poverty. So anyway, we are glad to, I have to leave in a minute because I'm on the worship team this morning, but we've got, it looks like about 10 minutes to answer any questions. Yeah, yeah. Questions? Kim, on that slide when you were talking about the, the children and I guess it was on the 
why is that number not going up in the next few years? We're, we're in like Shara, the number of children, because the video showed, said that they said more poor children are coming because they're getting fed. Right. Why did that number stay the same? Um, I think because they have, it's the same number of children that they can accommodate, but they're bursting at the seams. So they need more classrooms so that each classroom isn't so full. And I, I might comment too. So, so Combo's had a few years for the, all these kids who are not going to school to suddenly be there. So Boogamere and Shara, it's still kind of a relatively new thing. Other questions? What is that they're drinking? What they're drinking is porridge. Um, that's, the, that's their meal. It consists of maize flour, sorghum flour, soy flour, and water and sugar to make it taste good. <laughs> so it's very nutritious. The, uh, the land that needs to be purchased, is that like in private ownership now, or does the government own it, or? It, it, in private ownership. Well, are you talking about compassion now, or are you talking about... Well, school. Well, school, they just... Well, oh, for the feeding program, we don't, we don't feed secondary school children. We don't feed 7th um, through 12th graders. It's enough for us to take on the preschool through the 6th grade. So, but it's, so when you say age out of the program, what do you mean? Exactly. Just the schools that we're supporting at what age are we no longer I think he means individual, this is my question, individual child. Okay, that's compassion. Oh, through compassion. That's, yeah, through compassion, that's different. So you, typically a child um, gets sponsored through the age of 22 in Rwanda with compassion. Um, if they've completed their secondary school by the age of 22, like one of the kids we sponsored was 22 when she completed just secondary school because she didn't start going to school until we started sponsoring her at age eight. So um, that's how that works with compassion. By the way, we got to go to her wedding in summer. So that was pretty cool. Yeah, this, this two months ago, they, they timed their, she timed her wedding around when we'd, we would come next. And they honored us as their, her, her parents at the wedding. And so it was very, it, that was a really very special. You should have seen me in this uh, Rwandan garb. <laughs> <laughs> It was awkward. <laughs> no, they gave you a cane as a gift and like made I you say, wear it. Like I say, it was awkward. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Are we doing? Some, do we, at one point, we were doing fish farms. Is that like not working, or are we still doing that? That's a great. <laughs> great question. Yeah. So actually, um, if when we did the fish farm, say that. Say that again. Um, Oh, repeat the question. Are we still doing the fish farms there? At one point, some people went over to build a fish farm. That, unfortunately, was an example of when helping did hurt. Um, and that, we just didn't, our, the people that went for that um, just didn't, or the, the person who was in charge of that just didn't do enough research and all that. And, and then the people there couldn't sustain it and it had all kinds of problems and it didn't last. Live and learn. Yeah. <clears throat> Yes. I'm very interested in the sewing program. Where does the fabric? They buy the fabric over there. Yeah. That's budgeted there. Yes. Yes. 
Yes. You go over to Rwanda a lot, and, and I suspect that sometimes you take different people when you go. Do you, if people are interested in going to Rwanda with you to do stuff on the ground, can they do it, and how would they end up doing that? Uh, Yes, and I don't know when the next trip will be because we actually went in June, but a lot when it was still COVID restrictions and all that. So, but they were waiting to do the school dedication until we came, and, and we were just really ready to get back. So we just went. But I, I'm not sure. There's not another trip planned for the future. But when there is, we will announce it to the church, and then people, if anybody wants to get on board, love to have you. One of the highlights is getting to. Be, meet our compassion children and spend time with them and their families when we're over there. And so anybody that sponsors a child, you would be able to do that if you came, which is, a, which is really one of the funnest things. You all have adopted, well, you have shown them a whole bunch of things that they have adopted in their lives. What are some things that you've learned from them? Oh, great question. Great question. Oh, he said, you all have um, shown, adopted a lot of things, or we've done a lot of things to help improve their lives, but what are some of the things that we've learned or gleaned from them for um, things that they've done for us? Um, I would tell him my story, but I wouldn't make it through, so I'll have to do that oh, privately. <laughs> oh, you would tell him. Okay, he's the crier in the family. <laughs> Let me just put it this way. When we were originally going on this trip, I, I mean, I've always been very engaged and supportive and supported financially and so forth. But for whatever reason, I was not really enthusiastic about going on this trip. But about two weeks prior, one of those small, still small voices, you need to be on this trip. So that's enough. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll finish for you. So, and when he was there, he was so he was so blessed, and by by just being there, and he and he just really, we are so loved by the people there. They just they are so grateful, and they love us so much. And also, we just we're humbled. We're just very humbled by all that we see, their circumstances, and that they can even still be joyful. You know, um, is, yeah. Well, and one thing just to remember is I think, you know, in this room, a lot of people don't realize that this church here exists because of the country of Rwanda when we were thrown out of the Episcopal Church. Right. Yes. Uh, so if you did not know that, go to the connection. Right, right. And Quick touched on that last week when he made the announcement. So we thought, we, we, in interest of time, we didn't get into that. But that is true. That's why Rwanda for this church, because they basically rescued us, gave us a place to be when we were without leadership when we left the Episcopal Church. That was my part that I forgot. Uh-oh. So, yep. <laughs> yes. Thank you. Can I just say one thing real quick? Sure. And we didn't talk about this. You and I didn't talk about this, but as somebody who worked for another ministry full time, um, I was reluctant to get involved in compassion just because I, I'm like, I, I don't know. And we did um, get involved and sponsored a kid. And we always wondered, like, are they really getting this stuff? Are they really, like, I do a Christmas gift. Are they really getting the chickens? And, uh, <laughs> 
probably beat you. Uh, the chickens were there. <laughs> they, had a, they had a report of, of his health and his schooling and his grades, and I was sold. I was like, they're doing as much as they possibly can with the money that I'm sending. And it's not that much. But that kid's family, this, you know, and everybody else that comes into contact with that family. So right. If, there, if there's ever like a commercial for compassion, and again, I, I don't work for compassion, I work for something else, but compassion's the real deal in terms of, of, of really making an impact in kids' lives. Yes, it's, it's a perfect example of a hand up. It, is, it helps release, the goal is to release children from the cycle of poverty. And thank you for sharing that. I really appreciate that, and you're one of the some of the one of the few people that have, has been able to go to Rwanda and meet their compassion children. Um, it's, it's it is it's probably in the top three of, of life events in my you know just in terms of impacting me for the gospel, impacting me for the love of the of the Lord for me. Mm. What he's doing in the world. Awesome, awesome. Yes. I want to say to you. Um, being involved in the Compassion Program, I mean, it's such, like Andy was saying, I mean, it's a real thing. Um, if you can, get over there and meet the kids. Um, it's amazing. Two of ours have aged out now, and our um, oldest child is, you know, helped him get started in the technical business, his own machine and all that. He now, he found us on Facebook. He now messages us every I love you. How are you? So it's not just a throw your money at it, they age out and never see them again. I mean, this is going to be a lifelong. <clears throat> if you want that. Yeah. Yes. So the ins and outs of He's putting his three younger siblings through school and um, just built a little house and he's wanting to get married and he preaches at the church. That's awesome. Thank you for sharing that. How many of you sponsor a child in compassion? And, and most of you probably sponsor them on from the combo or Bugamira. So, so, oh, by the way, and if you sponsor a child on a combo or Bugamira, your compassion children are getting fed that mug of porridge at school that, that would only be eating once a day other than that. Because when they get fed by compassion is on Saturdays when they go to their project. Other questions? Oh, I do want to, I actually thought of one thing. If you would like to donate to the feeding program, um, for example, we could use monthly donors. For example, $25 a month will feed 15 children for the month. So that just gives you an idea of what, what a monthly donation could do. Of course, we love one-time gifts as well. Yes. Um, was that compassion trailers? that uh, we went through? Yes, yes. I was wondering the impact of that, and could you do it again if, if there was enough impact? Oh, it's always very impactful, um, but I don't, we won't be doing that again because compassion has changed to a different type of thing. 
um, than those trailers because that was very costly and uh, a lot for them to do. So he's leaving, and we could wrap it up now unless anybody else has anything else they want to say or any, any more questions. Thank you, Kim, for what you all do. Oh, it's our joy. It really is. Thank you.